You're listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Art of Fulfillment Podcast. I'm so excited and so grateful that you're here listening to this show. It means the world to me. And as you know, I'm just here uh, trying to provide you uh, the minds of the world's most fulfilled people so that you can find your own path to fulfillment in life. And this conversation will definitely help you get there because the person who we talked to was an absolute force. And just a little side note, uh, we actually did a, a little different recording methodology in this episode, whereas we did it in an Instagram live. So we streamed this episode live, had some user engagement come in, people were listening on the go, and um, it was awesome. It was a really cool, really cool way and conversation and stuff like that. And uh, I wanted to try something different because when you are able to switch things up and you're able to add a little bit variety in what you do, uh, you tend to find new outlets. Uh, you tend to get the 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 interest that comes with the new and the variety and all that kind of thing. So, you know, one thing I just kind of want to preface this whole podcast with is uh, if you are going through maybe a routine in life or kind of going through the same old stuff, I encourage you to switch things up a little bit and and see a, a different side of life and, and, and what you're going through day to day because you might find that you will find that the new way of doing things might be the best way or the most enjoyable way or the best way, whatever that is, uh, or in the case of this podcast, the most fulfilling way. Anyways, enough about that. Let me talk to you about our amazing guest that we had on this episode today. So our guest today is the founder of Underground Strength Gym and Underground Strength Academy, which is a program that focuses on training others to live a strong life, whether it's kids who are just starting in school sports Olympic hopefuls, military personnel, or college athletes. He built this program and gym starting from absolute scratch in his mother's backyard and has grown it to multiple locations in New Jersey that sees anywhere from 40 to 80 athletes a day. He is the author of the best-selling book, The Encyclopedia of Underground Strength and Conditioning, known as one of the premier literary resources for fitness training. Not only is Zach physically strong and has used this strength as a former wrestler and bodybuilder, He is also mentally strong, sharing his sharp and practical wisdom as the host of the Strong Life podcast and the host of the Spartan Race podcast series, The Spartan Way. Ultimately, Zach truly loves what he does and is passionate about helping others live the best versions of their own life. So please help me in welcoming to the show, Zach Evan Esch. Enjoy the episode, everyone. So we're here live with Zach Evan Nash on Instagram Live, and uh, even though it took us a few uh, technical difficulties to jump over, we still found a plan B and and essentially got the ball rolling in here, and I kind of want to use that example as a starting point for our conversation in that 
you know, I'm curious for you because you're all about getting through life's obstacles and and being one where you can have control of your life no matter what things happen to you. So, you know, in your life, were there moments where you essentially uh, had to have a plan B or you had to rethink a path that you had laid out for you given some unexpected things that came your way that might have thrown you off track? What was essentially uh, an event like that in your life where you had to do, do think about things like that? I, I could go back to... I, you know, I, I share this a lot, like my times of depression during my teenage years and then my late teenage years when I finally drew a line in the sand and I was just like, F this, I am fighting back. And anything really that I wanted to achieve or wanted to obtain or wanted to make happen, all of those things came with obstacles, whether it was when I started my business out of my parents' garage, then I moved it to the first house my fiance and I bought, and training people out of a garage and backyard and playgrounds when everybody was saying, you can't train people from your house for legal issues, liability issues, and even with things within my entrepreneurial journey and my career, it's been kind of non-stop there's always an obstacle there's always something in the way and I I don't know if I came across this somewhere this saying but I just started saying to myself obstacles are opportunities struggle becomes strength and tragedy becomes triumph and it's you know my buddy and I had a conversation yesterday Joe we're like dude people are tired of the lies like people who are portraying these perfect lives or, you know, in the fitness or strength business, I don't even know what to call it, but, you know, telling you how to own a gym, how to run a gym when they don't even run a gym themselves, things are very different in the real world, in reality. And I think life is tough, and and if you're not ready to fight every day, then life is going to kick your ass. And that doesn't mean that there's going to never be a day where life is smooth sailing, life is great. There are. There are those days, but, you know, the deep down truth is that there are, uh, there's, you know, as soon as you think you've gotten to a place where, like, all right, I think things are going to go smooth now, like, you know, shit happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, I absolutely love that point. And it's, it's so true about the Instagram and the Facebook and the social media and stuff because, you know, what it does is it portrays just the highlight reel of people's lives, right? It's not not the behind the scenes events that are the the shit or the things that aren't perfect in people's lives or their flaws and i think where it becomes a real problem is that people tend to compare their own behind the scenes moments with others highlight reels that they're seeing on instagram and facebook and social media and all those things right and i don't blame that on them i just blame that of the way of how you know society is set up nowadays where you know you can just pull out your phone and all you see is people's great stuff so i think that does create a problem and i love that you you really highlighted there and i also love the point that you said there are going to be obstacles in life there is no way around it like life is tough like there's going to be times where you know you're going to feel like you can't go anymore there's going to be setbacks and so on and so forth it's not going to be like that all the time but very rarely does someone go through life without having a difficulty or a challenge so obviously what we need to develop is mental resiliency and toughness so for someone who has built a mental resiliency and toughness for themselves 
what would your advice to be to someone who's saying, I really want to become mentally tougher. I want to be more resilient to handle the hard things in life. You know, what do I got to do? What's the advice that you would give that person? They should start their day doing some sort of a physical activity. That's like a big um, umbrella term. And, uh, you know, my buddy Joe DeSena, who owns the Spartan Race, he always starts his morning with training. Some people start their morning with meditation. But you need to do something that is a blend of mind and body. And for somebody, that might be just going out and taking a 10-minute walk. Um, you know, some of my friends out there, Mark Bell, Dr. Stuart McGill, Stan Efferding, they talk about daily 10-minute walks. And then somebody like myself, I'll go to the gym. I'm going to do a hard circuit. I like to do kind of like these heavy circuit workouts where I'm pushing and pulling sleds. I just kind of like to attack the gym. And anytime I do a morning workout, I'm like, ah, like, I feel like I could take <laughs> on the world. I, I just feel like I could take on the world. So when you do this hard thing in the morning, you, it's, you're, you're building some momentum in a positive way by doing good things for yourself, or you could build momentum in a negative way. And usually people who are lacking confidence, lacking self-esteem, lacking, oh, I can't do this, I can't achieve that. It's because they're not building momentum in a positive manner. They're down towards the end zone, down towards the finish line, down towards the goal. And so, the first, you know, it's that, um, that YouTube video that's so popular about Navy SEAL. It wasn't just about wake up and make your bed. It was about owning your life. But as simple as that is, I mean, I say it to my own kids, you have to make your bed. That's boom. I just did something positive. Now you're building momentum. But, you know, I, it's like I have this conversation with my own kids. And I tell people, I go, I'm not going to tell you anything differently that I wouldn't tell my own children. Like, nobody's going to get to talking to you through a podcast, an Instagram video, or I'm um, teaching students or coaching athletes. Um, or working with, you know, tier one military or D1 athlete. Do things that are moving you towards the goal line. Put points up on the scoreboard, as my buddy Mark Bell says. So what do you got to do first thing in the morning? You hit snooze, bang, negative momentum against you. Then mm -hmm. you said you're going to work out. So you say, you know what, let me do X, Y, Z, and then I'll work out later. Then mm -hmm. you skip your workout. It's like you're working – you're putting negative points up on not trying to pull these fads and giving some people. Like, I'm going to tell you how to simplify what other people are complicating. Other people want to complicate it, give it special words. They almost want to make it to confuse you more. And that bothers me. Like, And, and people ask me these, this question on the regular. They ask me, how do you write every day? How do you do this and that every day? I go, look, if I only, like, listen to what my feelings want and, you know, oh, my body this or I'm not motivated, no. <laughs> You're, it's like the mind doesn't get the, you know, I'm not giving, like, any of those voices in my head the opportunity to, to do. And years ago, Joe, years ago, I read Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding. I, I must have read it first. I, must, I don't think I was even a teenager because my brother bought it. We were in Israel one summer visit with my grandparents. And I remember Arnold writing about going to the gym, 
and sometimes he's not in the mood to go to the gym. He goes, but all it took was a little bit of a warm-up. You just need to get warmed up a little bit, and then the mind and body connect. And I've used that on myself since day one of learning that training method. And then I've used it in life with, with business. Okay, start writing. Start doing something. Because by doing something, I'm 100% ahead of zero. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and nobody gives a crap about, nobody cares about my excuses. Nobody cares if I'm tired or if I had a rough day. And to me, that fires me up. I get fired up at, like, the fact that, you know what? I'm going to fight back and beat the crap out of anything that stands in my way. And I had to train my mind the same way I've trained my muscles through these 30 years of lifting. So, all right, this thing that's tried, this resistance, like Stephen Pressfield calls it, resistance is always there. Fight back. Do not let resistance win. It's like a boxing match, okay? Like... I need to win this fight. Tomorrow I'm going to win it again and win it again and I'm going to boost up my my record whatever it is. I'm going to I'm going to fight back. That's it, man. Like we don't always feel great. You got to fight. Wow, love that answer, man. I'm so fired up just listening to that one. That was absolutely awesome. And and yeah, man, it's it's so true, right? Because you know, we're not always going to feel like it. We're not always going to feel like going to the gym. We're not always going to feel like making progress on our goals. We're not always going to feel like improving ourselves. And if we always lived in a way where we operated by our feelings, we would really never get anywhere. But really what defines people, not just in terms of success, but in terms of fulfillment, is people will push themselves to do things even though they don't feel like it. And like you said, it's really not that difficult. It's pretty simple. You want to get up earlier? Then get up out of bed earlier. You want to essentially uh, write a book. You write a little bit every single day. You get to the desk and start writing. It's not that complicated. And I think that it seems complicated because all you really got to do is start, but starting is the hard part, right? And once you start, though, and you build that momentum, like you said, then it becomes simple, like you're saying, where it's like, you know, it, it becomes like a second thought to you. So all it really takes is, is just to start. And so was that something that, that helped you um, during your times of depression to get out of the place that you were in that was just dark and lonely and scary? Um, or was it something else or maybe a combination of things that helped to pull you away from the depression and transform you into the, the incredible person that you are now? of things but I, I always say that iron therapy is the best therapy and I think now that I am a father of two kids that are getting a little bit older almost teenage I'm a, I coach differently and I pay attention to different details about when I'm coaching people whether it's a youth athlete or a division one athlete and uh, even some of these special ops military guys they're going through so many emotional ups and downs that I found that by, if I could just get them, they realized, wow, man, like, that's all I need. I needed to just move my body. I needed to move forward. And so I have a lot of kind of these moments that have happened in my life, whether they're big, whether they're small, I, I have like a very good memory of them. And they remind me of why I need to keep training myself, why I need to keep sharing my own information. Um, just the other day, a guy messaged me. Uh, he sent me an email after ran over by a car, and then Holy crap. he talks about how 
Yeah, he, talk, he talks about, like, what was running through his mind when the car ran him over. And I posted it on my uh, website as an article. It says, this guy wants to be somebody. I, I, I uh, screenshotted everything. And he's like, dude, when I was getting run over, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is not how I'm going out. And he goes, your words through the Strong Life podcast is what gave me that mindset. And so... Whenever you think, you know, you're trying to impact people or whether you have a platform and you're author and a speaker like myself or not, you've got to know that, like, even at the workplace, people could be inspired by you. People in your same household can be inspired by you or on the sport team or in the classroom that you're in. And so I cannot stop because there's somebody out there like this guy and he and now it's like he's back to training and what's what's so crazy is that night after i shared the uh, article on my facebook and twitter the nurse that admitted him in had admitted him into icu the intensive care unit um, must have been following me on social knowing the connection and said i was the nurse that admitted him in and there's no way he should have had these minor injuries like he had a broken rib his ear got all like torn up, and I think um, his spleen got uh, damaged a bit. But they said like this guy should have been destroyed. <laughs> Can't believe it, right? And then stories, so stories like that keep me going. They remind me that you got to share the message, and then what it does too, Joe, is it puts pressure on me to represent, to live the code, to not just you know I would say don't talk about it, be about it. So it's, it's a two-way road. Like, the people that email me and message me, they inspire me. And then I have that pressure on me to perform. It's like, yeah, bring it on, man, because pressure <laughs> makes me better. Comfort, comfort is the enemy to everybody. You get comfortable as an athlete. The competition is training harder than you are, and they're coming to take your spot. Like, you being uncomfortable has to be this area that we chase, essentially. We have to fabricate discomfort in our lives. Oh my gosh, I totally love that answer. And and it reminds me of something that Joe DeSena, which, who you said that you knew and uh, we've had on the podcast here, um, he's all big about you know getting out of the comfort zone and essentially seeing what your limits are. And one of the things that reminded me uh, about him from your answer was his concept of uh, deliberate adversity, where you essentially do hard things in order to practice the ability to handle adversity in your everyday life, whether it's you know waking up and taking a cold shower, doing 300 burpees uh, in the morning, or running 15 miles, whatever. Like you're just doing the hard things so that when all the other tough crap comes up in your life, it all seems small compared to the big challenge that you've done in the morning, right? And I, I absolutely love that. And and I think it's a very, uh, you know, I don't, don't want to say well-known because people don't do it as much, but it's it's preached a lot that growth is out of our comfort zone. But people aren't essentially... <laughs> you know, willing to step out of their comfort zone as much. And I don't blame them because the brain does whatever it takes to avoid pain and gain pleasure. So it's not necessarily our fault. It's just the way that we're wired essentially. And, um, but, but to get to that level, 
where where you're you're constantly uncomfortable and pushing yourself and finding out what you can do i think is just so amazing so you know there was just so much knowledge in that answer and i know that you're a real big uh source of of knowledge in the fitness world but it's crazy to see how much knowledge that you have in terms of of the mental world and mindset and all that stuff so you know a question that i get a lot that i'm actually curious to hear from you is um where did you learn all these strategies tips techniques lessons or whatever that helped you to to grow the really amazing mindset that you have today there's it's like there's an old uh, saying from a, a business mentor of mine, Dan Kenny. He goes, he goes. There's not, you know, there's not one way to get a hundred clients. There's a hundred ways to get one client. And so what I do is I leverage everything, meaning I will learn from everything and benefit from everything and everyone. So whether it's a positive or negative experience, I'm gonna learn from it. But probably the biggest impact to me was my wrestling all the training I did for wrestling, all the hardship I went through in wrestling, the coaching experience I had in wrestling, it made me tough. And so I take those lessons and apply them to my life and apply them to business. So the dedication, the commitment, the consistency, the doing what I need to do versus only what I want to do. And everything is relative. So, you know, you mentioned Joe DeSena doing 300 burpees. For somebody who's new to training, for them it might be, look, get 10 burpees today, every Mm -hmm. day this week. Next week you're going to get 15 burpees every day. Next week 20 burpees. Like, they're going to build it up inch by inch, brick by brick. But I'd say wrestling has been the biggest impact on me. Another thing that has been huge is that I've been aggressive with investing in my knowledge. So it's attending seminars. I've been part of masterminds that cost me $10,000 for a weekend. But I knew that if I invested in myself and got around the right people, even if I wasn't really ready for something, maybe I wasn't um, in the like financial status of the people attending this seminar. Uh, I always did things when I wasn't just exactly ready or the moment was just right or everything was perfect. So I invested myself heavily. I mean, my bookshelves are breaking and bending. I've got so many bookshelves from all the stuff. And this goes back to as soon as I became an entrepreneur, it was like I was investing in business courses, business books, business consulting, business coaching. And the reason why I am so... Like, I am I am such a uh, proponent of coaching and mentoring is because that's what has given me the ability to keep kicking ass is I've had great coaches and great mentors, and they mm-hmm. pushed me. They pushed me. They gave me knowledge that allowed me to move forward faster instead of having to figure it out on my own. I, I learned from people who are already where I wanted to be. So... Most people are kind of doing the opposite of that, right? Oh, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I'm too busy. I don't know what to do. They come up with excuses. I mean, now more than ever compared to 20 years ago when I started getting into business for myself, about 20 years ago, 18 years ago, there was no abundance of information like today. If I wanted to communicate Mm -hmm. with a, a strength coach that was like a high level, 
I, everything had to be paid for. Like, if I, they wouldn't answer your email. You had to pay to be in a private forum with them. I mean, now, like, you could connect with Richard Branson. You could connect with Joe DeSena. You could connect with Dan Pena, you know, who's now called the Trillion Dollar Man. You know, the that's what's interesting is, like, the information is abundant. It's everywhere. But are you disciplined enough to do the work? versus are you just going to be multitasking and do a little of this, a little of that, and not really getting things done, you know? And that's where a lot mm -hmm. of people fail is they're busy, but they're not productive. And so I'm extremely mm -hmm. organized. I'm very disciplined with my time and my effort. And I don't say, oh, time management. I say, do time ownership. Control the time. Own the time. Don't just try to manage the time because it's kind of like a weak word it almost sounds like you're trying to do it but maybe you could get it done maybe you can't get it done like i i'm also like now that i'm 43 i'm like i don't have the time to be wishy-washy about what i want to get <laughs> done like i'm getting i'm gonna get it done period end of story that's it nice I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. And so, like, is there, like, a process behind it? Or for you, is it just, like, if you want to do it, just do it? Like, what's your kind of yeah. like, approach to, like, the, the time That's ownership it. thing? I, like, I'm not, I'm, not com I'm not complicating it. Like, people want to complicate things, like I, like I mentioned you before. So I always say it's so simple, it's complicated, meaning people want to complicate things that don't need to be complicated. And then number two, be highly organized. Sunday nights, I map out what Monday through Wednesday looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, Wednesday night, I reassess how the week went. Things that didn't get done, I carry over and dial in and strategically set up what needs to get done on Thursday and Friday. And so mm -hmm. being very disciplined and very organized has been very powerful for me. And like, I, I, it's so funny, it's like sharing that story. Even when I was in high school, I remember a homework I would carry like a little piece of paper with me in my pocket. Homework assignment was given, I'd write it down with a due date for history or English or whatever the class was. So I was very just, I like being organized. I mean, I like it because when you're unorganized, those people are always like, they're stressed out. They're a mess. They're a mess. <laughs> even, even my gym is organized. Like, Here's how many plates are on this side of each squat rack. Here's where the bands go. Even, I found that, like, if a gym is slobby, it, like, could stress out the kids. Being highly organized leads to being successful. That's a great point. It's one that's really we don't talk about too much is, is organization, right? Because it seems so simple, like you, like you said many times before. It's simple, um, but it's not always easy. And I think, you know... It's not as easy for people who uh, take a label onto themselves and say, I'm not the kind of person who's organized or I'm not the kind of person who gets my shit together. So what does it take for someone who is in that mindset where they think they're, you know, not the not the cleanest person or they think they're not the neatest or most organized person to actually get organized so that they can get onto the path of success, not just externally, but internally as well? You have to be disciplined because, right. you know, I'll tell you this, like you could have a plan, you could have things mapped out, but life happens, things change, things come up. 
and you have to be ready to say no to things. Um, I'm not doing that. That's not what needs, that's not on my priority list or this is not a big enough opportunity for me. Like I turn down speaking engagements. If it's not legitimately going to be, if it's, if it's far away from home and I have to travel and they're not paying me life-changing money where it's okay for me to say, all right, I'm going to miss my daughter's tennis match or my son's baseball game. This is a big opportunity. Mm -hmm then I say no to things. But the other thing is like pe people let little things stray them from the plan. Oh, mm -hmm. this happened. So I couldn't do it really just because you're being weak minded. And it's like, comes down to like, if you're not used to doing tough things, you're going to, you're going to cave and crumble during like the slightest, um, obstacle. I mean, I wouldn't even call them off. Slightest bump in the road, you're going to cave. You're going to have some sort of an excuse. But for me, it's like, nope, this is the mission I'm on. This is what needs to get done. This is what I'm going to get done. Period. End of story. That's awesome. And it reminds me of a quote that you I heard you say on a podcast uh, called The Person Who Believes is Powerful. So I think it really all starts with belief, right? Like if you can believe that you can do something, if you believe that you can push through the difficulty, if you believe that you can get organized, like we mentioned before, I think you can, right? And and I know it's really cool because, you know, they talk about this so much in Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within, which I know you went to uh, years ago. So we both share that connection. I think it's so awesome. And, and, you know, when I first heard the discussion that it leads with belief, it's amazing, right? Because if you don't believe that you can do it, if you don't believe that you can get through, if you don't believe that you can pursue a path of fulfillment, then essentially you're not going to give it your all. You're not going to give hundred percent. I mean, no one's going to go in and give a hundred percent if they know, or if they believe, I should say, if they believe that, you know, it's not going to pay off. Like we need the reward. So for someone who has negative beliefs, what would your advice be to that person who wants to upgrade their belief systems in a way that is going to serve them and lead them to more fulfillment as opposed to one that's going to hold them back and kind of get them into the same crappy situations they may be getting into themselves, you know, right now in their lives? Success breeds success. So if you want to have belief in yourself, you know, there's, <coughs> there's some people that have like this glowing confidence about them. They just have it. They're confident. It's very rare. Most people need to put points up on the board. They have to start achieving and doing things. So, doing things. so go back to the beginning of you and I chatting. It's like you got to build momentum. You're not going to believe in yourself if you're not doing the work. You're not going to believe in yourself if you hit the snooze button. You're not going to believe in yourself if this thing happened while you're on this journey, whether it's a health journey, a business, career journey, life journey. And you let this little obstacle stop you. Like, for example, there's so many people out there, like, trying to teach you how to run your gym. They don't own a gym. And I'm on this, like, big soapbox where it's, like, telling them, look, I've got two gyms. What works at my one gym, business-wise, doesn't work the same at the other gym. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I know that is because I am on the ground floor. I'm in the business. Now, that being said, I could let it negatively Im impact me and just start getting down on it. Or I could say, listen, it's time to come up with another plan for this location. 
and move forward and attack. If that doesn't work, do the next thing. Because I want to get points up on the scoreboard. I want to achieve something. And the way I'm going to believe in myself is by getting results. You've got to get results. And I even see it with, like, the athletes I train. The, the new athletes, they can't even look you in the eye. They're insecure in themselves. They lack confidence. And I'm like, dude, all I got to do is get this kid from one push-up to five push-ups. Then I'm going to tell him, hey, buddy, that's a 500% increase in your strength. You're killing it today. High five. Like yesterday in during one of my groups, I had a couple of kids that were in there that were struggling when they first started. So it's like I know how to give them enough compliments and how to give them specific exercises with specific sets and reps to boost their confidence. Like, dude, you just crushed those five sets. You just did five sets of clapping push-ups and squat jumps. You couldn't barely do five good push-ups. You just did 25 clapping push-ups. You're an animal. And then I'll tell the other kid, tell Joe he's an animal. Joe, you're an animal. <laughs> and so if you, if, if you don't have that kind of environment where other people are boosting your confidence yet and you're pushing yourself, then you got to tell it to yourself. You got to do something powerful, do something good, and then give yourself a reward. Just, re, you know, an, announce and celebrate your victory. Don't be like, oh, it's not that good. You've got to know where you were and look at where you've, you know, where you've gone. And I think that um, there's a, uh, company out called strategic coach which i've been part of and dan sullivan the owner is a genius guy he talks about the gap and, he, mm -hmm. and basically it's this he goes the gap so he goes you have kind of like where you want to go yet yet where you think you should be and he goes the gap is like where you can achieve and he goes but the gap is like the uh, horizon you could see the sunset you could drive towards it, but you'll never actually reach it. It looks like you can. And he goes, that gap is where you think you should be versus what you've achieved. And he said, what you need to do is look at the progress you've made. Because mm -hmm. by looking at the progress you've made, you start building these, these you know, positive, positive thoughts. You start feeling successful. You start feeling like, yeah, man, I could freaking do this. And they don't teach this stuff in schools. You know, right. they, they don't teach this stuff in schools, but they need to. You know, yeah. when, you know, me being back in, uh, you know, I've always been teaching, whether I'm inside a Division One university or whether I am on a military base working with, you know, special forces soldiers or whether I'm in my gym. It's always looking back and reminding them, look, guys, look how far we've come. You could barely do push-ups when we started. Now you're doing 20 in a row. You know, from zero to one, if I can't, if I could do, can't do one push-up, then I could do one, I'm 100% stronger. Right. And you got to let people know that. And you got to let, your, let yourself know that. So it's like progress, progress. Always make progress. Always try to get better. Oh, you know, I've always said you got to always be a white belt. Never think. You're good enough. You know, good enough is the death of greatness. Once you think you're good enough, oh, I know how to do those exercises. I'll just do it on my own. Okay. You keep doing it on your own. Like, there's a book out called Relentless. Have you read that book, Joe, by Tim Grover? Tim, Tim Grover. Yes, I have. 
talks about, um, I think it was Kobe Bryant playing for the L.A. Lakers. Kobe Bryant, you know, he's they're, they're, they win the game. They win, I don't know if it was a playoff game, but they win the basketball game that night. But Kobe Bryant did not play his best. He felt he didn't play his best. So he gets on a private jet, flies to Chicago, Tim Grover's place, and trains. He could have said, we won the game. It was just a bad day. But he's like, nope, I'm, I'm going to get better. And I love that. And, and it reminds me of, like, when, uh, when I was at the last Division I university I coached at, this one kid that um, after he would win his matches – he wouldn't go and sit down. I'd go into the backstage with him, basically, behind the gym walls, and take him through like a little workout because he wanted to do more. He won the match, but then we had to do more. Oh we had God. to do like burpees and push-ups and like hand fighting and, and some sprinting and squat jumps. And it was like, okay, you won. You got your hand raised. You're supposed to celebrate. Nope. Do a little extra. Do a little bit more. And when you do that more you do that extra that normal people aren't doing you have now like boosted your confidence because you realize i'm not doing normal work i'm going above and beyond what normal people are doing normal actions equals normal results which is average mm -hmm. you know that's average right. you want to be great then you need to do great yeah you need to put in great effort you need to do great things Exactly, man. Exactly. And, I, and I'm a big fan of the point that like you said before is, you know, when you're able to look back at all the progress that you made from where you started and you're like, holy crap, I did that. And you literally emotionally reward yourself. You celebrate those wins. You celebrate those victories by, you know, whether it's just patting yourself on the back, doing a dance, whatever, whatever it takes for you to get that neurochemical feeling that essentially is rewarding yourself for doing the thing that you said that you were going to do and making the progress that you said you were going to make. It's a beautiful thing because in the end of the day, like I said before in one of my prior you know, uh, questions that I said before, the brain will do whatever it takes to avoid pain or gain pleasure. So by emotionally rewarding yourselves when you, when you make the progress, you're teaching your brain that making progress and doing the things that you need to do equals pleasure, right? So you keep going. And the cool thing is too, if you do it for yourself, you don't ever have to depend on other people uh, giving you external validation or doing the, doing like, you know, the rewarding themselves because, you know, people aren't always going to pat you on the back. They're not always going to say, hey, good job for doing that. But you, in the end of the day, you're always going to have you. And it's just, I think it's a, just an amazing strategy. Now, my question for you is what happens or what should we do? I should ask, what do we do? when it goes the opposite, meaning, you know, you say you're going to do something, you have a plan in place, like, let's just say you want to start a business and you tell yourself, okay, every single day, I'm going to make progress on my business by sending out, I don't know, 10 cold emails, let's just say, right? And then one day comes around and you don't send 10 cold emails. So are you a fan of essentially, you know, being hard on yourself when, when, um, when you don't do what you say you're going to do or uh or, do you, or is there another method that you have of doing that because i think a lot of people you know are afraid of beating themselves up a little too much but at the same time i think it's very powerful um if you can be tough on yourself because again brain's going to do whatever it takes to go go towards pleasure and move away from pain so if you tell yourself that not following through on your goals equals pain equals that so my question to you is like you know what do people what what would you say people should do when they don't follow through on the things that they're going to sit that they said they're going to do. Sorry for a little tongue twister there. 
That's the problem is I think people let themselves off the hook too easy. They're not mm -hmm. tough on themselves. And, like, God forbid we, you know, you're a coach. God forbid you're tough on somebody. Oh, he's mean to me. And, and that's the <laughs> problem right there is I think people need to harden up. People need to toughen up. And so if you say you're going to do something, get it done. You know, do the thing every day. Do one, do one thing a day. It's, it's people complicate it. People come up with excuses. I get these emails all the time about, yeah, I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. But they're, you know, the people achieving, achieving things, they're not bullshitting them, themselves and coming up with all these excuses. They're attacking life. And mm -hmm. most people aren't. Most people are full of shit. That's the truth. Most people are, have excuses. And they're weak-minded because they went towards comfort. And so right. if you want to grow a business, it ain't ever going to be perfect. Joe DeSant always says, if you own a business, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. But yeah. people will have excuses for everything. So, like, I have two gyms. The one gym that I'm not at, or I'm there once a week, once every other week, has double the membership of the gym I coach at. And we could come up with all kinds of excuses, but the bottom line is I have to just do more work to grow this gym. Oh, well, the town is diff different. The people are different. The location is different. Oh, well, who cares? Nobody cares about my reasons or excuses. <laughs> There's actually no valid anything that's like, it's just, I'm, I'm kind of past that stuff. Like anybody who's like, oh, I didn't do it. I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Yeah, I believe a little bit in that. But if you ain't doing jack shit, then you need to get slapped in the face and do some work. You need to slap yourself in the face. Yeah, man. I, I, I agree. I agree with that. Like I said before, it's, I, I think it can be a really powerful tool if you can totally you know, not let yourself off the hook when you say you're going to do something and you don't do it or you have a plan and you just don't follow through or you're lazy or something like that and you really let yourself feel the pain. Um, I do want to kind of give the caveat to our listeners, though, at least in my my opinion, if you disagree, please feel free to chime in. But I think that you know, once you do feel the pain in yourself and you're saying, okay, like I feel the pain... Um, essentially you got to move on you got to essentially start taking action forward not dwell on the place because i think i think why beating yourself up gets a bad rap is because people beat themselves up into a hole that they stay there and they don't climb out of that of the hole right but the, the way that you can get out of that hole is after you do um essentially give yourself a little bit of a, a, a toss around um just keep moving forward Keep moving forward and focus on it, saying, okay, I learned. I know what I got to do. I know that was bad, but I'm going to move forward and make sure it doesn't happen again. Good. And I think these are just great principles, honestly, for for anyone who wants to just not just, you know, have goals to do something in life, but really just to be fulfilled. And I think it's tough for people to implement if they don't have a purpose or a path or a journey or a passion, whatever you want to call it, in their lives. So for someone who's saying right now, they're listening to it, do this podcast, and they're like, wow, like this is amazing. I want to build momentum. I want to do the hard things. I want to be able to break through new limits. But I have no idea what the fuck that I want to do in my life. I have no idea what to go all in on. I'm just totally stuck. So what would your advice be to that person who is essentially uh, in a place where they don't know what their purpose is, they don't know you know, what their passion is or what they want to pursue? What would you tell that person uh, to do in that situation? I could say two things. I could say, hey, what do you love to do? What are you passionate about? What are you great at? But then mm -hmm. 
there's people that don't have any of them. They're going to be like, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know. I'm going to be like, well, bottom line is you're probably sitting home watching everybody else on Instagram and YouTube. You're watching them live their life, but you ain't doing your shit. And for that yeah. person, I think they need to do some soul searching. They need to run a Spartan race. They need to, you know, go get like a crappy RV and, and travel across the country and figure shit out. You're going to have to figure it out. Because if you don't know what you love to do, if you don't have a passion, it means you've been lazy with life. It really does. And mm -hmm. I, I, to me, I can't relate to that. Like that, it's like, how do you not love something? Is there nothing in your life that you love? Like, I know what my kids love to do. I know <laughs> what my wife's uncles love to do. It's like we, people are passionate about things. And I believe in moving towards <clears throat> what you're passionate about. I also think that if you're in your teens or 20s, especially nowadays, you may not know what the heck you want to do for the rest of your life. And even, you know, there's going to be jobs getting created in 5, 10, 20 years that don't exist now. The world is changing. And right. I think that, you know, what are you great at doing? What fires you up? Move towards that thing. If you're not passionate about something, it means you're probably sitting home on your ass doing a whole lot of nothing. You're, you're, you know, completely in a comfort zone. For me, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, my dad used to take me. I was, I was like 14, 15 years old. I fell in love with training. We would, he would take me to like other gyms and then I'd ask the front desk person, can I just look around, walk around? Cause I wanted to um, see the gym and I was already thinking to myself, I'm going to own a gym one day. So I remember like walking through a gold's gym, walking through a local gym, so on and so forth. So it's just interesting when I hear this, I don't, when I hear like, Oh, they don't know what they want to do. It's because you ain't doing, you're not doing shit that you're fired up about doing. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, Zach, we're coming to the tail end of the podcast here. So for our listeners, before I ask my last question, if our listeners want to find more of your world, listen to your podcast, explore your content more, where can they find you? What are your podcasts called? So on and so forth, so that our listeners can connect with you if they intend on doing so after the show. I've got a Strong Life podcast and Strong Life Insider podcast. Strong Life Insider is usually short, like five minutes. Strong Life podcast is longer. I do the Spartan Way podcast, which is part of the Spartan Up uh, podcast series. Yep. Um, I also do an old school strength style podcast called Iron Roots. But Strong Life podcast is usually the way to find me. And if you Google Zach Evanesh or Google Underground Strength Gym and Underground Strength Coach, you'll find my Zach Evanesh site and all the different um, social accounts for them to follow where they could start you know, basically coming into my world where I, I, you know, I give you like a strong life tip of the day and, and give you tips to take action with immediately. So my Spartan way podcast is like two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. They're just actionable things for people to do uh, because I, I don't want to complicate it for people. I want to just be like, look, here's what you need to do. Boom, get it done. Make it happen. 
Good stuff, my man. And yes, you are really good at making this the complicated things really simple. And that's what I love about all your content. So so I, I encourage anyone listening to this podcast who's really fired up to go dig into Zach's world much, much more. He will fire you up, man, and will totally get you on the path to build that momentum towards a life of fulfillment and success and everything else that you desire. So for my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? Things that fulfill me is spending time with family and having the freedom and flexibility Mm. to do what I want when we want. So, like, last week I spent, like, five days in Lake George, and uh, I loved it. I was just with my wife and kids the whole time. We we went, you know, uh, every single day, uh, paid a guy to take us out on a charter to go fishing and just watching watching my kids, and you know, catch these huge fish and giving them these, you know, everything for me comes back to family. All I got to do is think about my, my family and it makes me stronger. So mm-hmm. freedom and flexibility to do what I want when I want and being with family. And of course my health, like I, I told my wife, I go, if anybody ever thinks daddy's not in a great mood, send him to the gym to deadlift. Everything, <laughs> everything will be fixed after that. <laughs> I totally agree, man. I mean, whenever I'm feeling crappy, I'm always telling myself, "Is like, man, maybe I just need to go harder in the gym, or maybe I just need to go for a run or something." And usually, like, I would say nine nine point nine times out of ten, I usually feel much better after I do that. So awesome, Zach! Thank you so much for coming on the Art of Filming podcast. We really appreciate it, and especially doing this special live edition episode, uh, trying out something new here. I know there's a little bit of technical difficulties, but we made it through it. So thank you so much, Zach. We appreciate it, and to our listeners, thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time all right guys thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the art of fulfillment podcast so sorry again for the technical difficulties in the beginning of the uh the audio of this one but but i appreciate you listening to the full thing because you're here now and and i'm just so grateful for that so if you want to find out more tips on fulfillment meditation personal growth personal development anything related to the sort you can follow us on instagram at meditation for millennials you can follow me on instagram at joe corsione and you can feel free to send a dm to either of those accounts if you have any questions if you have any concerns or you just want to talk and say hi we are always open to talk. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to this episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We'll see you again next Wednesday. And remember, live and create a fulfilling life for yourself because that's what really matters. <laughs>